All right, here we are. It is Gut Check Project, episode number 28. I'm here with your host, Dr. Ken Brown. What's up, Dr. Brown? What's going on, Eric? Episode 28. Episode Lots 28. Lots of energy, 2020. We're just, wow. We're so close to 30. Oh, it's uh, about, you know, what, uh, six more years, seven more years, we can run for president, or it's, at least a show can. <laughs> it's so weird when I'm sitting there doing colonoscopy recalls, and I'm like, come back in 2030? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, but that's good news for those. Everybody, <laughs> it is. One unique thing, everybody complains about the prep. So if you, if you have to have a colonoscopy and you're not looking forward to the prep, you are not alone. Nobody likes it. You know what? There's a video that I have on my website, kennethbrownmd.com. That's more for my my clinical practice. But I've got a video that can actually talk you through how to get through that prep and uh, a, a few little biohacks to do that. I've been through a couple preps myself. I, I've taken them all. So when patients are like, you have no idea, I'm like, no, I do know. Yeah. I do know. I'm fully aware. Yeah. You can actually go on the uh, website and see it, or you can go to YouTube and see my bare bottom there for the world. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I mean, the one thing that you and I do do, we do this. You just said do do. Okay, I did. Yeah, you're right. I am a gastroenterologist. <laughs> but the one thing that we do is we live it. I mean, we we will. Last week I was fasting. You I are. did a five day fast. You did, and and you did well. I did. I I liked it, man. That orexin, orexin is a Ooh, hormone that yeah. kicks in that creates energy. I became euphoric again. Yeah. I was just chatty, Kathy, running around. Loving it. It's a wild thing to see play out the orexin. I mean, ha- having done it myself, it's it's uh, when you're not expecting it, especially. Yeah, totally. And this time, I kind of did sort of the fasting mimicking diet, where I kept the calories down. It was almost exclusively uh, just water, but um, I did cheat a little bit, but not cheating. I kept my calories down. I allowed myself to choose some celery once in a while. Yeah. And if you look at Walter Longo's data when he talks about the fasting mimicking diet. Um, they allow you to have up to, uh, you know, whatever, 800 calories, and you can still trick the body into fasting. What I really enjoyed was my family's getting more used to it. So they weren't like, like I was a little irritable at some times. And, you know, <laughs> Lloyda was cool with it. She understood. She's like, well, you're fasting. And, and um, you know, so it was there. And so the, the kids were kind of making fun of it. But when we sit there and look at it, and you realize that I'm trying to turn on some stem cells and all those other things, I really felt like uh, I, I'm going to make this a regular part. Every three months, I'm going to try and do a five-day fast. It sounds really daunting, but when you look at the data, if you get a chance, there's on Amazon Prime, if you're an Amazon Prime member, there's a, a documentary called Fasting, and they interview what I consider the fasting experts. They've got Jason Fung, they've got Sachin Panda, they've got Walter Longo, and they all talk about the different types of fastings and what you achieve with each one. Yeah, no, I totally worth it. Very low cost. It's something you can do, and there are tons of benefits. We probably should do a fasting reset episode just specific to 100%. what we can find. And, and then we've had uh, nurses and different technicians that we've worked with who've decided to implement fasting as part of their own healthy regimen who are already seeing lower blood pressure and, and different things like that. So it requires uh, really no true investment. It, it just requires a little bit of discipline. So. Well, yeah, and it's uh, it seems once – and I remember um, – what was the conference? Live It – to lead it oh, okay. conference. Um, I was lecturing and I, that, that was the first conference, um, where it was a fasting conference 
and they purposely did not serve anything. No. We went all day. All day. Everyone in that conference, about 400 people. But you're all in it together. Yeah. That, that is Dr. Daniel Pompa, and he's the one that really kind of got me thinking about fasting. Yeah. And uh, he's, if you want to check him out, he's, he's awesome. We know, we know Angelo, his, his uh, or um, uh, who's the CEO right now? Anyways, we're always doing business with these guys. They're amazing people. Dr. Dan Pompa, check it out. I did his podcast. Right. And, we, and, and he is somebody that is extremely knowledgeable about fasting and realizing that that turns on cellular health. Definitely. Well, let's do a quick reset so we can get down, because we have actually quite a few topics to get to today. So episode number 28, it is a Gut Check Project. I'm Eric Rieger here with your host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. As always, still sponsored by Atron Teal. Atron Teal chock full of proanthocyanidin polyphenols. Polyphenols. You don't have to have gut distress to benefit from Atron Teal, do you, Dr. Brown? You do not. Uh, we are learning a lot, and I'm going to get into some uh, literature today and get into some data explaining about how this is actually super important because what we're going to talk about is something that is affecting your health and it is screwing all of us up. So if you are a human living on planet Earth, most of us. You need to listen to the rest of this show. I'm going to geek out a lot. This is going to be some serious science, but it's super important because we got stuff going on in the world right now that is affecting you. And I can tell you how the polyphenols actually help protect you against what I'm going to tell you about that's everywhere. Go to lovemytummy.com slash KBMD, lovemytummy.com slash KBMD to learn more and get your own Atron Teal. Atron Teal. And then also go and visit our brand new website at KBMD Health, kbmdhealth.com. You can get your hands on Atron Teal there as well as Dr. Brown's signature package, which includes Atron Teal as well as CBD. So why in the world would somebody want to combine Atron Teal and CBD? Well, that is a great question, Mr. Eric. And one of the reasons why we learned through the science, as I was developing Atron Teal, I started talking to a lot of different scientists. And contrary to what people think, there's tons of science on CBD, cannabidiol, tons of science on the endocannabinoid system. Definitely. As it turns out, the polyphenols in Atron Teal actually allow your body to produce and keep around more of your own endogenous endocannabinoids, meaning you produce your own CBD-like molecules called anandamide and 2-AG. And I know you're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but basically, you can, like, it's it's a exponential growth of your own endocannabinoid system. I started looking into this because when we were first treating people for their gut health, I couldn't believe how many of my patients said, you know what, I'm still taking Atron Teal. My gut feels better, but I just feel better. Right. Everything's better. And then I had to start looking into it. And I went, oh my gosh, the polyphenols, the postbiotics, the microbiome, and the endocannabinoid system is just one big Venn diagram and they all interact with each other. They definitely do. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later also. We, that's something, once again, you alluded to it earlier. We actually work in a clinic and, ha and do procedures. We see people all of the time that take those things combined also with a healthy diet that just simply are feeling and living better which is great. So kbmdhealth.com, you can find the store. You just pan down the page on the brand new website, which soon we'll have some uh, repository for CBD information, research. We're going to talk about, oh, 
Here soon, we will have the repository on rectal bleeding. So if you've ever worried about somebody who may have seen spotting in their underwear or suddenly used the bathroom and looked down and they saw a little bit of blood, we're going to try to help people stave off the panic and yet find good solutions and answers for them so they can stay healthy. Yeah, so if you're wondering why in the world we just did a, a right turn towards rectal bleeding, as it turns out, that is the most searched term that people get super worried about. Yeah, it is. And we, we get the most questions about that. We get the most questions about that. So if you've ever, if you have a family member, if you've ever seen blood in the toilet, it's scary. And we're going to take that head on. And I'm going to tell you how yeah. that you should not ignore it, never ignore it. But we uh, put together a really cool uh, ebook that's very informative. I think it's very entertaining. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy with, uh, with Drew Parker helping us out with the graphics on that. He's a fantastic digital graphic designer and... Um, I think it's going to help a lot of people. And if I can just get a few people in to get checked out so that they don't worry, much like we see with my colonoscopy video, I get, I get comments all the time where people are like, thank you for doing that video. I went in and I had several large polyps. I never would have done it had I not seen that. That's the same thing. We're here to help everyone. I just want to see people get healthier. Everything that we talk about on this show is some way to augment your life. Sometimes it's uh, gut health. Sometimes it's lighting discussion. Sometimes yeah. it's just whatever we think. You and I learn something. We're like, we're going to share this with the world. Yep, definitely. So be sure, stay tuned. We will uh, definitely make an announcement. If you are not a member of the KBMD community already, just go to kbmdhealth.com. Pan all the way to the bottom. Just give us your name. It'll allow us to have your email, and then uh, you'll be looped in as soon as we have the rectal bleeding stuff that you can share with anyone. And uh, anyone coast to coast, if they need help, they could use this information. It would help them out. Yeah, and we're trying to grow this. Um, we're getting some really good feedback. If you have any questions, if you want us to talk about anything, we have access to experts. That's what I ultimately want to do. If we're going to talk about, so today's show, let's talk about the short term. Today's show, we're going to just kind of get caught up on a few things. And I really want to dive deep into this science about things that are hurting you that you can prevent. One particular thing in the environment that I know that we can help people with. Um, and then going forward, one of the exciting things that I want to do is I want to start bringing in some seriously geeky experts so that we can get to some of the science that's out there that most people don't even understand that we have a community of PhDs surrounding us, of MDs surrounding us, and they're doing some crazy stuff, but they're not out there promoting it. They're not on Where Instagram or Facebook yeah. or all that other stuff. You got to dig deep and you got to bring them in. And oh my gosh, you'll learn so much. That's what we're going to do in 2020. This thing is going to be a home for, if you have a question, we're going to find the person to answer it. Yeah. And we're already starting to fill out that, uh, fill out that, that schedule. So this, sh this year yeah. should be quite exciting. Yeah. And if, uh, if we can't find an expert and we don't know the answer, Eric is going to make it up. <laughs> This sounds so confident. It's <laughs> a really good selling point. Well, hey, let's get into it. Uh, this last weekend, I left, and I haven't even told you the story. I left the clinic, headed home, wanted to go and make the boys' basketball games that were up in Wichita Falls. I got about 20 miles from home, and suddenly, torrential rain, going sideways, hail, my phone goes off, tornado warning. I'm like, what in the world? And then I couldn't see. Couldn't see anything. And then um, finally it all passes. Everything's fine. To my knowledge, no one was was hurt. There was uh, some wind damage and a tornado spotted somewhere. I, I didn't see it. But then the next morning, Saturday, I wake up, snow, three and a half inches, 
everywhere. Yeah, but it was like 70 degrees when that tornado was happening. No joke. And then the very next morning, it snowed. It was 24 degrees the very next morning. Crazy. Beautiful, too. I mean, it was snowed very, very hard. And then by the time the afternoon came, all melted, pretty much gone. I don't know. It's amazing. Living in North Texas, especially, you just experience lots of different uh, fluctuations in weather. There's no health story here. But I, it, is, it is kind of a treat sometimes. You just kind of see everything. It is. I watched um, last night as a family. We watched because Rafa Nadal was on 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. They were interviewing. Obviously, we always talk about tennis, and we'll get into the whole family thing. But Rafa was on, so the family wanted to watch 60 Minutes. And I remember I used to watch 60 Minutes with my dad growing yeah, up. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I actually really enjoyed that. I didn't. A lot of it I didn't understand because it was political and stuff like that. But I'd be like 10 years old watching 60 Minutes. Yeah. So last night we were watching, and they were looking at um, Florence, Italy. Oh, yeah. The canals. Dude. Up. Up. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I mean, come on. We This weird climate change. We got Australia on fire. We got this going on. And they're, they're, they're having 100-year floods like every month. Yeah, they're not 100 years anymore. No. Yeah, it's pretty it's wild. It's crazy. I can't remember who it was that said that they were there before the the water started. And like as they were leaving. Uh, man, someone told me. I thought it was someone that you and I knew. I, I've already forgotten. But anyhow, yeah, they were there, and uh, the last day of their stay was was the first day that the water began to creep in towards the hotel. So that wasn't that long ago, but really interesting. It's it's it crazy. I just saw an article today where if we actually tend to have this this climate change continues in this this pathway, where now people are pretty much open to it. Now, now we realize that okay, things are happening. The level of violence. So some epidemiologists were looking at if with each degree. Uh, of worldwide raise in temperature, violence goes up and due to a lot of different reasons. And they had all these different reasons as to how that happens. But basically, we can become a more violent society with global warming. It's crazy. Wow. I know. It's nuts. I don't even know how to answer that. I I don't even want to get into it because I just kind of looked at that and I said, I'm already a little bit scared of where we're headed. I don't need to know that all of a sudden we're going to become more violent due to it. That's like the last thing that I needed. No, no, I, yeah. I generally chill out when it gets warm. I like to, you know, I mean, I, I I like the heat. I I sauna all the time. So yeah, well, you usually see people on the beach and there's laying down. I don't know. I'm not really good at this article described how we're just going to go around and violence will increase. So yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, uh, do you have anything you want to hit on quick before we, Oh, I thought something else, but I'll go ahead and let you go first. Well, I was just going to get a quick update with the family, because this never happens in my house. We were all here. We did a whole lot of nothing. We Did y'all all know each other? We did. That's good. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> happen all the time. So the kids at the last tournament they were at, they had one of those big giant Connect Fours, and so they ended up playing like the boys would play. These are like, like the nation's best tennis players at that age, Yeah. and they all were gathered around a Connect Four, like an old school Connect Four that was like uh, like five feet tall. Uh, that's awesome. I love so, Connect Four. <laughs> so I ended up playing the kids a lot uh, in Connect Four on the on the computer. We ate out. We found some new ramen places. And we chilled. I slept ten and a half hours last night. That's not bad. I loved it. Heck yeah. yeah. That's, that's so that was my sweet. weekend. How about you? All weekend, boys had basketball, as I, as I talked about earlier. Saturday night, uh, I'm just getting older. A friend of mine, his daughter, who I remember when she was really young, she got married. It was really, what? really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Whole family went, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So shout out to uh, Savannah and Rex. Uh, just a uh, a great gathering of, of some folks. These, these were really close friends of ours that uh, he was transferred to Japan. And so he'd been there, and I hadn't seen him since he'd been transferred there. And 
his daughter gets married and uh, my brother was there. My brother was close to his family also. And it was, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. You love seeing maintaining friendships and relationships that far that you're seeing your, your friend's kids. And he just graduate. got transferred again. You know where oh. to? Oh, poor guy. Hawaii. Oh, that rough. Felt awful for him. Oh, he and his gosh. wife are just hating it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I finished the book Traction by Gina Wickman. Yes. Nice. Yes. I took notes. I think I even sent you a copy. My notes are 28 pages. You did. Of- <laughs> and I'm behind you. And I can't say that I know what all of your notes mean, but I think that there'll be good cliffs for someone. Who's what I it. what I love is every one of these people that in our entrepreneurial group, Baby Bathwater, every time I say traction, they've all read it. Yeah. They're like absolutely necessary. So if you're a small business owner, check out the book Traction, uh, the most updated one. Sure. So, Definitely. Yeah. What were you going to say? So I told you that I wanted to talk about 2AG just briefly. But the yes. reason is, and I I uh, can't remember exactly what study it was, but that's not what's important. What's important is they were breaking down why do people smoke cigarettes whenever they become anxious? Cigarettes or marijuana? Or was it marijuana? Marijuana, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're actually Sorry. looking at the endocannabinoids. Marijuana cigarettes is what I meant to say. <laughs> but that's what, that's what they were talking about. But anyway, regardless, they were smoking marijuana. And why would they do that if they become anxious? And it has more to do with the increased production of 2AG than what they had realized. And it's not the only thing. It's just that they've noticed that you increase your endogenous 2AG. Now, of course, if you're just tuning in, anandamide and 2AG are probably the most prevalent uh, endogenous cannabinoids. Certainly the most studied, yeah. So we make our own endocannabinoids, and they're called anandamide and 2-AG. 2-AG stands for 2-arachidonyl glycerol acid. So 2-AG is easier. Correct. It is. That's why that's all that I ever say. But I just yeah. want I, I pointed it out to you right before we started, and you said, yes, I, I think I saw the same thing. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I just think it's so interesting because we always meet all these people that are like, oh, there's no science on CBD. Oh, there's no whatever. No, people, we have an endocannabinoid system. Right. We have been neglecting our endocannabinoid system, and the articles that I'm going to bring up let Later, probably show why our endocannabinoid system were deficient. So what this article looked at is the fact that people are self-treating. Now we know the molecule that goes up that helps them deal with their anxiety. Well, yeah. So it isn't like a um, it isn't like, oh, you're just running away from your problems. No, you're balancing yourself out by doing that. Yeah, another interesting part though, I, I thought about that particular article that I was reading that was referencing the study is that it was almost as if they were talking about 2AG as just a substance and then later talked about it as that it is, it is an endogenous cannabinoid, but it, they, they, they presented it as if it was a newfound compound. And just, just because of what we do, I'm, I didn't really take it that way. I was like, well, you're kind of behind the curve. This is, isn't that funny? It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. Because yeah, I actually didn't read the article. You called and told me about that. I'm like, that's funny. Cause they're acting like they discovered something. Yeah. It's, and we've been talking to AG and anandamide for years now. Right. Right. And, and maybe, maybe it's just the way I interpreted it, but that's the way it felt. It felt like that they're talking like it's something new that they, that they were trying to show correlation of this, this increase of this uh, mysterious two AG. And in truth, I felt like it was really just kind of establishing the importance of a healthy, endocannabinoid system, which is really what I felt was my takeaway. It's like, hey, look, this is just yet more proof on why a healthy ECS is a great balance for somebody who is suffering from anxiety or or something like that. You want to get that in and you want you want to keep your ECS healthy. Yeah. So the endocannabinoid system, what's interesting is that I'm I'd be curious to see if they did the exact same study with just pure C B D cannabidiol. 
Interesting. Maybe you don't even have to smoke the marijuana cigarette, as you say. And um, you just take CBD, and then your body will adapt to that as well. Whenever people say, oh, I take CBD and it helps with X, Y, Z. Well, one of the things is, I mean, we got a lot going on. And I, looking back in my life, I've always run very anxious. Well, ever since I started doing the KBMD Health CBD, my anxiety 100% has been much more manageable much more in balance, and I realize that, oh, that's probably one of those things. As I'm running around anxious, my 2AG is down, possibly my anandamide is down. All this is allowing me to do is just get back to my baseline. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's something I didn't, I wasn't able to ascertain. <clears throat> Excuse me. You said, I wonder if CBD could do that. More than likely so, and I was also kind of curious is what the mix was, you know, because there's different strains out there for marijuana. Yeah. And so I, I, I didn't... Uh, I didn't know what they were referencing. I highly doubt that it was probably one of those super efficient, high level Maui Waui things that they that everybody's <laughs> you know clamoring for when they go out of a state that doesn't allow it to go and buy. I really think that probably really like anything, the more natural that something were to exist is probably where they're getting the benefit from. But I don't know. They didn't really. Isn't that so it. fascinating that we just lump everything together? That's like saying, "Hey, Eric, tea's good for you." Oh, uh, what kind of tea? Well, exactly. Yeah. So are you going to take oolong, which is going to have different uh, black teas in it? Are you going to take chamomile, which is going to calm you down? Is Lipton like green? Exactly. It's not. It's, you know, are we, are you going to put little packets of peak tea? Right. Um, Definitely. Our, our good friends, peak tea, which uh, they have polyphenols in there also, and they, they, they promote that a lot. So we, I don't know why we discuss the marijuana plant like that, because it could be that varied, just like tea leaves. Definitely. It could be so varied, the cannabis plant. And uh, when we start lumping things together, we just become ignorant to the whole process. Yeah. If I say that tea will put you to sleep and you do a good solid green tea and you're up for hours, you're like, well, that didn't work. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not all tea puts you to sleep. Certain teas. Well, certain THC CBD combinations do certain things. Definitely. Uh, if someone said, I like apples, they may be a Washington apple, it could be a Granny Smith apple, it could be a Fuji, on and on and on. There's just a bunch of different apples. Now, let's be, I mean, let's let everybody know, I mean, you did your thesis on apples. I mean, I think that, I think you've been waiting forever to unleash your knowledge of apples on everybody. I can't wait till we dig into apples. <laughs> 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 Granny Smith for the win. <laughs> or Honeycrisp, one of the two. Those are great. Oh, you're just going to get everybody all riled up arguing <laughs> apples. Let's move on. Politics and apples. We don't talk about, man. No, we don't. We don't. Um, you know, last week we talked about uh, cell phones. Yeah. We talked about people using cell phones while they're on the toilet. We did. We social did toilets. Social toilets. How yeah. social is your toilet? Well, I just saw an article that just came out um, where a recent study looked at um, how people that take selfies... So they did a, a cohort study where they looked at people and they had them self-evaluate. So it isn't like a randomized placebo-controlled trial, but it is kind of very interesting. Okay. Because we were talking last week about how people will post Instagram pictures and things like that. This study was really interesting, only in the sense that it makes that it, it's like, oh, duh. <laughs> because we always talk about how social media can actually lead to anxiety and depression. This study looked specifically at Instagrammers and selfies. Okay. And what they did is they interviewed, it was um, 164 female students at a public college in the, the southeastern United States. And what they did is they surveyed a photo manipulation and selfie takes. 
And what they realized is that these women were having this body surveillance issue where they wanted to have the best picture, the best selfie that they put up there. And most of the participants reported taking between two to five selfies before publishing the one. Right. Many of them, or I shouldn't say many, but a large proportion that actually had depression would take up to 20 pictures before posting the one. And there's so many filters that you can do now. You can take out blemishes. You can augment certain body parts. You can do different things. And what they showed is those who took more selfies or manipulated the pictures had significantly higher levels of depression and anxiety. It's not that. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting, but is it really that surprising? Well, that's the thing. It's not that surprising. And when you sit there and look at this and when people go, oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. Oh, she's got all these likes or whatever. Um, the reality is you can't run from yourself. There's a certain disingenuous portion of you that knows you kind of manipulated it. Yeah, uh, without question. And if, here's a just a quick side caveat here. Remember before we had the digital availability of photos and we just had film? There wasn't the instant gratification of going over and making certain that the picture that was just taken was perfect. You just took it. Yeah. And then you went to the photo mat at some point. And then it was exciting to go and get the envelope with the pictures and you could thumb through them. And you always wanted it before the girl who might also be in the pictures because she's going to discard the ones that she doesn't like. <laughs> Remember that? I mean, like you would say, hey, let's go get the pictures. Oh, I'll go with you. And then she grabs them, and I can remember, you know, people grabbing the photos, like, oh, 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 let me keep that one, let me yeah. keep that one. Like, what is that? <laughs> oh, you don't want to see that. That's the old way of discarding photos that you didn't want seen. So now you can take them without, with a, it doesn't matter, it doesn't cost anything to take more pictures. So interesting that technology has actually probably lent itself as a, uh, as a tool for someone who may have anxiety or depression to kind of make the situation worse. I mean, I challenge everybody that if you're going to post a selfie, just do it, just do it, make it real. You trust me, do the, do the funny face, everything, because we spend so much time trying to show this curated life that I have. I want you to believe that my life is this. I mean, one of the fun things about doing this show is we don't edit anything. No. <laughs> it just happens. I just said cigarettes and I meant marijuana. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that, but that's not real. I promise you, your friends like you. And if you're listening to this, your friends like you because you're you. Not because you, you practiced or rehearsed a line before you saw them. They just want to hang out with you. I mean, and you should be you should be confident that that's what people are after. So this this particular study essentially just showed that even though so here's what's happening, you have people that are taking multiple selfies, they're trying to find the perfect one. When right. they post it, then all they do is wait for that dopamine rush of a like, of a like, of a like, and then if this one doesn't get as many likes as the other one, then what do I do? Do I go back and do this? The bottom line is, we want to be part of a community. We know that deep down when you want that like, it's because you want to connect with somebody. Unfortunately, when we have these social media platforms, it, it really waters it down so that you feel that you get a little dopamine release, but you don't get the serotonin, which is your true happiness molecule. Dopamine is your pleasure molecule. Right. So you cannot have both going on serotonin and dopamine because that's how come the whole rock star phenomenon you keep chasing that dopamine high yep so what i want to offer to everybody here is take a selfie 
Don't put a filter on it. Send it to us. Connect with us at KBMD Health on Instagram or on Facebook with the Gut Check Project. Gut Check Project on Facebook. Because I can tell you right now that if you are lonely and you are not connecting with people on a one-to-one level, it has been proven to be as dangerous as smoking. Yeah. Smoking the cigarettes, like Cigar- you were saying yeah. earlier. Yeah, I got things inverted the there. Cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I just find it so fascinating that we have this. So you just got done telling me a story about how people um, smoke or they, they seek out marijuana, and that now we realize that there is an endocannabinoid that they're trying to compensate with, with 2AG. Right. Well, dude, any type of stress like that, any type of thing. So now we know that by doing selfies and waiting for that dopamine kick, you're creating anxiety and depression, probably related to a depletion of 2AG as well. Interesting. It really is. I don't, I wonder, I wonder what could be done for somebody to kind of wean themselves of of uh, hunting for the the digital likes. I really just ignore social media for the most part, certainly on a personal level. I don't find it rewarding. Uh, in, in some instances, it's kind of depressing. I like going to social media when I feel like I want to ke- catch up with someone or that um, honestly we need to find a new way to to make sure that our audience or our patients is are, are getting the right information for Autron Teal, et cetera. But I don't, I don't look for it to give me any type of gratification, and uh, but I, I I think that I'm I may be the anomaly for for someone who's connected like that. There's, I mean, even my kids who don't necessarily maintain their Instagram, I know that they keep up with their friends on it, and they see pictures, and people share them. So, how would you wean yourself uh, from that kind of uh, that kind of environment if you already didn't have the biological systems in place to help you do that? Dude, that is a great question. I'm not much of a social media person, so I'm not really down with that. Yeah. We're going to find a psychiatrist or a psychologist that specializes in this. Yeah. Um, there's that great YouTube video where I, I told you, you made your kids watch it. I made my kids watch it where uh, it's a Harvard psychologist discussing the fact that when we give kids phones mm-hmm. and they get into social media, that that dopamine release. Yeah. When somebody has a hard time at school, your seventh grader has a hard time at school, they come home and they're upset about something and then you let them have their phone, that is exactly like giving them the keys to the liquor cabinet. Yeah. You had a tough day, why don't you go cope with it by having a few vodka sodas or whatever? And we, we, we think that's crazy, but we don't think anything of letting your kid go to their room, sit on their phone and go into a spiral because they're not part of the Snapchat group that... Uh, that they were excluded from because X, Y, and Z it's, it's really from a parenting standpoint, it's really hard to sit there and walk that fine line between, I don't want my children to be the weird kids that don't have any social media involvement, but I don't want to allow that giving them the keys to the liquor cabinet where they're just trying to supplement their dopamine kicks with how many likes they have, because there's a lot of science going on with this. Yeah, true confession. I think that we screwed up as parents. Uh, that I'm talking about me and my wife. Uh, we uh, we gave the the phone the phone breached in probably far too early. I mean, that's just that's just the truth. We've done a good job of monitoring how well 
uh, well, I say we're doing a good job. Maybe they'll no. maybe they'll hear this and they'll laugh. And I don't think you guys. I don't think you guys waited too long. I mean, I saw Gage's um, his. You know, I went to his one year birthday party, and you gave him the iPhone. Yeah. Two. At that time. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, That's not early. He's not quite that young. But yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, looking back, I wish that we had had held off longer than we did. I don't think that we did anybody any favors by doing that. Heck, I wish that I'd never gotten into a smartphone. It's almost like a weird codependency issue now. Like, I want to get to the point where I can just go back to a flip phone or no phone at all. But uh, There's always, yeah. Like most, I mean, I don't think that I'm alone. I mean, I know I'm not because we see it every day with the patients. Just before we take them back to to let them go to sleep, they want to text that last time before they go to sleep. And before they stow their phone, that's, it's very common every single day. But we're just, we keep seeing new and new data, like this particular study, everybody else that looks at those pictures probably goes, Oh, she's so pretty. Sure. She's got an amazing thing. And the person who's in it probably hates the picture. And the person who's in it is just critiquing themselves and they're becoming ang- having more anxiety and depression. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, un- it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. It's not fair. Really, I had a um, remember our guest with SurePath Wealth, uh, Tim Tim Power. Mm-hmm. He um, he posted something where he's like, "Next time you're having a bad day, remember this is going on." And it was a picture of 250 Amish men carrying a the barn. barn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's easier ways to move that barn. There, but that's cool. There are, and they're not doing it, but they're probably not nearly uh, susceptible to depression either. <laughs> no, I looked at that and I was like, that's community. Yeah. That's coming together. That's busting your ass. That's getting out there. There's a certain amount of, um, okay, yeah, there's easier ways to do it, but The okay. initial reaction is to laugh. The truth is they're probably pretty happy, you know? Isn't that wild? But it's just true. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. So what else you got? Nothing. Um, we can get into a few things. Um, you got water? Are you, are I you do. I'm having a little Austin, Texas Waterloo. Today. Oh, a little Waterloo. Would yeah. you like to sip from it from this cool straw? I mean, I traditionally don't use that. No, don't do that. That's interesting. At all. Because that that's what we're going to get into right now. That is rude as hell. That almost killed you. I did not know that. Ah, uh, well, let me tell you what. So we uh, we have the distinct advantage. Of course, we have our little um, our secret weapon. If you're little... just listening, he just offered me a straw and threw it across the room. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's why. So you know, we have our um, our amazing um, graduate student that always helps us out, yes. and she sent me some incredible articles. Uh, Two of them came together. It's super geeky. Hang in there with me, please. I'm going to get into some, it's going to sound like a lot of crazy words, but this will blow your mind. I cannot believe, and she sent the email. She's like, this will blow your mind. Okay. I cannot believe that we have not talked about this yet. Okay. And I'm like, okay. Two articles recently published that, um, holy cow, hang in there because it's going to sound like, well, pretty much you're screwed, but I'm going to give you a solution (laughs) at the very end. I, I can't wait. All right. Yeah. And probably most relevant for you, Mr. Eric, Mr. CRNA, I'm telling you, you probably need to hear this more than anybody. 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 I'm all ears now. All right. So 
All right, now we're getting into some serious science. You know, I love to geek out about this stuff, and hopefully I'll be able to, um, hopefully I interpreted it well enough, and hopefully we'll be able to make some sense of this. But what we're going to talk about is a recent review on the toxic effects of di-2-ethylhexyl phthalate. Yeah, that usually doesn't come up very often. Or DEHP. Okay. Which from now on I will refer to as DEP. All right. As in Johnny Depp. But it's D-E-H-P. D-E-H-P. So before you sit there and go, oh, I've never, you know, this doesn't pertain to me. Oh. Does it? It really does. Okay. Because as it turns out, D-E-H-P, Depp, is the most common member of phthalates. Now, phthalates are mainly used as plasticizers. There we go. There's substances added to plastic, specifically PVC, to increase the flexibility. So that death straw that I just tried to offer you, gotcha. filled with DEHP. Okay. What it does is it softens the PVC so that anything is flexible. Okay. And so you start thinking, well, like due to the ubiquity of plastics everywhere, the majority of people are exposed to some level of phthalates. For example, the CDC actually took a large cohort of people, and they looked for the metabolites of phthalates, and everyone had them in their urine. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. It's almost unavoidable. Over 2 million tons of this stuff is, is produced worldwide. Yeah. And I don't know why. I've, I don't know how we've not discussed this already, why this has not been talked about. Do you know anything about this? No, I don't know anything about uh, specifically this particular compound. What I'm really thinking about right now is the abundance or ubiquity of all of the uh, plastics that are, are flexible now. I mean, I'm just thinking if we're going to, to panic, yeah, you, your water, is certainly in a modern home, is, is uh, usually channeled by PVC and... That would be, I mean, because. Well, as long as it's PVC, until it becomes flexible, you're not getting DEHP. Okay. But this is why it's really relevant to you. Oh, okay. And to me, but more to you. All right. Guess what? What's that? It's especially used in medical devices. Ooh, like endotracheal tubes. Oh, way more than that. And endotracheal tubes. IV, IV tubing, bags. Yeah. Yeah, keep going. You. You're getting IV tubing, IV bags. You could, uh, the catheters that we start the IV exactly. with. Yep. Um, man, uh, the anything that we do seldinger technique with is going to utilize that, right? 100%. Holy crap. Probably. Holy crap. It's everywhere the, and maybe in the, the medical industry. Probably the non-latex uh, gloves that we have to substitute for people who have latex allergy. Uh, all of a sudden, you start looking at this. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. The nasal I, cannulas. Nasal cannulas. There you go. Peritoneal catheters, you name it. Um, you know, typical catheters, urinary catheters, anything because everything we use on humans has to be flexible. Yeah. It has to be able to be malleable and stuff. So as it turns out, you and I are exposed to tons of this. Yeah, every single day, every single patient. You more than me. Yeah, probably so. And then we're sitting there doing this with uh, patients. So Interesting. Yeah, but you know what? If everybody's listening and they're just like, well, I don't work in the medical industry. Uh, too bad. As it turns out, packaged foods, those bags that are flexible so yeah. it's not a stiff little thing. Packaged foods, it's in packaged foods, it's in mattresses, it's in cosmetics, personal care products, high concentrations in fatty meats, and even bread. Why is that? Um, it's just, it gets concentrated in fatty environments. And so when they when they have the plastic bags around the bread, the bread soaks it up, now we're eating it. Huh. So when we 
take in this DEHP, the only thing cool about it is that it gets converted into something that I'm going to start using as my stage name from now on. What's that? It gets converted into <laughs> dienoctyl phthalate, otherwise known as DNOP. 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 Now, DJ DNOP yeah. coming on. You're the Gut Check Project. Here's your host, DNOP. Yeah, so why do you care about DNOP? <laughs> DNOP coming on. Well, as it turns out, um, look at what this little molecule actually does to our bodies. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. Okay. I mean, when I was when I was reading this, I'm just like, what in the world? We are, and this is a worldwide thing. This is not U.S. This is not race dependent. This is not anything. Now, I'm going to spend a little time here, and I'm just going to tell you, well, I'm, I'm scared for you. Okay. Because you're around IV catheters. You a do lot. this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. D-H-E-P. It's best known as an endocrine disruptor. Endocrine disruptor. What's the name of the uh, mindshare? Um, Jolene? It's like oh, a, Jolene Brighton. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So anyway, so that yeah, I'm sure that she's probably going, duh, we know about this. This is one of those things where you're just like, I guess the bandwidth is only so big about what we can get. Sure. But I bet you a lot of functional medicine doctors are just like going, oh my gosh, we've been talking about this forever. Right. So, all right, it's an endocrine disruptor. What that means is it will alter the function of the endocrine system. Exposure in utero. So this is what's really crazy. If you're pregnant and you expose your fetus to this, it does tremendous things. One of the things that, it's, that it does is it actually decreases testosterone production and messes with the estrogen cycle. In fact, they have studies that have shown that exposure in utero uh -huh leads to lifelong testosterone issues. They have taken adult rats and they looked at them when they were exposed in utero and they have shown that their testosterone is markedly lower just from one exposure in utero. I wonder if for it their whole life. Blunts like testy development and that's probably why. Interesting. Uh, they have all kinds of different reasons why. I mean this these articles are super sciencey. Uh -huh. And they get into the molecular uh, mechanism of it all. Uh -huh. And I'll get into a little bit more about this, but I'm going to show you this thing is going to blow your mind because um, what they did is they, they looked at this and they showed persistent low testosterone in adult rat studies. Now, rats fed a diet with DHEP also have serious lifelong thyroid issues. Okay. So the theory on this is it's an epigenetic phenomenon. So in other words, if you expose a fetus in utero to DHEP, which is everywhere then it can turn on an epigenetic phenomenon, meaning that there are certain genes that get turned on, and then that becomes the new norm. That's how come they proved that you can sit there and have low testosterone for the rest of your life. That's how come you can end up with thyroid issues when you become older, because that transcription of the genes has been turned on. Interesting. You need to, that's the epigenetic phenomenon. Epigenetics means that you have genes, you're predisposed, but then if you have an environmental factor that comes in, then that actually turns that gene on. Well, as it turns out, DHEP does this to people significantly in utero. So they looked at um, elderly people, and it suggests that insulin resistance is actually due to DHEP, uh, or DEHP, sorry. Uh, so insulin resistance, so diabetes. Chinese studies have looked at children, and their BMI goes way up when they have higher levels of this metabolite in their urine. Wow. There's all kinds of studies on this where it's like, oh, my gosh, 
You mean the incidence of diabetes, the incidence of thyroid, the incidence of hormonal issues is going up? So that's one example, endocrine disruptor. So <clears throat> I thought about this when I read this. Yeah. I thought about you when I read this. Okay. What do you think would happen if I gavaged? Do you remember the article that we oh, did about liver failure? I do remember gavaging CBD, yes. <laughs> Go back to our episode 26. Six? Yeah. Go to episode 26, and uh, we talked about gavaging, which yes. means that you're going to stick a tube down a mouse and put in copious amounts the of title this. was uh, CBD causes liver failure. <laughs> so they gavaged some um, poor rats. And uh, can you guess what happened to them? With that? Yeah, with with basically D-E-H-P, DEP. I'm just going to call it DEP from now on. Well, I think that if you're going to gavage DEP, and, and since nothing has sounded like it would be uh, favorable, uh, I would imagine that they exploded and uh, <laughs> that uh, they turned into robots. But maybe not as bad. No, it's worse. Okay. <laughs> it's worse. What it did? Yeah. Caused testicular atrophy. Oh. Just shrunk their testicles. Wow. Basically made them not men. So um, I was, I mean, you and I have talked about this, but if you ever end up in a situation uh-huh. where your testicles are too big. Oh, yeah. And I find you chewing on some IV tubing, I'll yeah. know why. You'll know why, yeah. I don't know why, because you're trying to control the size. Oh, yeah, you, you don't want them too big. <laughs> That's craziness. So you just sitting there gnawing on some IV yeah. tubing. Yeah, I was going to get some, uh, some some space in the pants. I mean, think about that. You, you, They can actually show that it causes such a disruption in the testosterone pathway and the um, hormonal axis pathway that you will actually end up with testicular atrophy. You will not have testicles. What's interesting is I'm curious how how – how prevalent is it beyond the those of us in the healthcare environment for people to be exposed to mm. DEHP? So glad that you asked that because uh-huh. we're going to go through and now we're going to talk about. So so far, I've kind of focused on the thing that that concerned me. Sure, testosterone and you know the work environment. Yeah, work environment. <laughs> um, but it also looks like it, it it does all kinds of stuff. It'll mess with ovaries. This is really interesting. It seems to increase endometriosis. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's terrible. So I see a lot of patients that have a ton of pain, and they did a study where they looked at Indian women and that had endometriosis, uh-huh. and they checked their uh, DEP um, metabolites significantly higher than their non-endometriosis counterparts. Goodness gracious. Yeah. And it appears that the reason why that happens is due to our old friend oxidative stress. Wow. Just park that one and let's let's come back to that for a moment. Okay. So it's due to oxidative oxidative stress. Oh, this is this is really fun. This is neat. So as it turns out, it's nephrotoxic. None of this sounds good. It's nephrotoxic. That's bad for your kidneys. Kids. Holy cow. Now they decided to look at dialysis patients. Yeah. How- Guess who gets exposed to all kinds I mean, of medical tubing. They're getting they're getting new tubing every time they go in. And most, every single time. And most dialysis patients are three times a week for four plus hours each visit. How did I not hear this? They looked at this. Dialysis patients have some of the highest DEHP levels think of or that, the metabolites. Think of that dialysis setup when all of the tubings that go into the cartridge. Remember the cartridge that goes on there with the new membrane, all of the flexible tubing that's on it's there? It's crazy. My dad did peritoneal dialysis. And I mean, my gosh, it's it's tubing that's in there. You're bathing yourself yeah. in this. And I'm just telling you 
that it can already mess with your endocrine system. It can already be nephrotoxic. So if you had any chance of recovering your kidneys, then you're just you're stacking the deck against yourself. Is, okay, and maybe we'll get to a solution here in a moment. But at the moment, I'm curious, what are the alternatives uh, outside of what we're doing now, I guess? We will get there, okay. and that's something that we're going to do. We're going to develop the KBMD bubble to be like the bubble boy. Mm. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to launch that. We're not going to do that. We're no. going to, we're going to get into alternatives. <laughs> this is news but, to me. Yeah. All right. But let me, if you're not already scared enough yeah. and you're just going, okay, well, you know what? Screw that. I don't really care about my testosterone. I don't care about endometriosis. Yeah, I'm not on dialysis. Not a big deal. Might well, be. there's one thing that we all have. And there's one thing that you and I talk about all the time, the gut brain access. Yeah. So as it turns out, we all have a gut brain. Um, yep. Your brain takes a hit also. I'm sure. Your brain takes a hit also. Essentially, if it's exposed, now I'm going to keep saying the same thing over and over. The younger you are when you're exposed, the more damage it does. Mm. And I'm going to get to this because, spoiler alert, autism. Yeah. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But, so, your brain takes a hit also. It can disrupt the normal fetal brain development. It appears to mess with the hippocampus. And so the hippocampus is the area in the brain that's super important for memory and spatial recognition. Right. Uh, very important. And it's, uh, it's for the spatial navigation. So if you can get through the fetal exposure of it, then um, throughout your life, the more exposure you have to it. So in other words, the more flexible plastics you're exposed to, it does something really interesting. It decreases your... BDNF. Oh, no. Yes. Do you remember what BDNF is? The uh, brain, uh, goodness gracious, I don't remember exactly what it stands for, but we, that's exactly what we talked about for brain uh, plasticity. Correct. Yeah. Uh, it's brain-derived brain neurotrophic derived. factor. Yeah, that's right. Sorry about that. No, it's, but you and I have, we've always talked about this because remember when we heard David Perlmutter give a talk at Helio That's exactly who I was thinking of. He was talking about how coffee fruit had a very small study where it showed it increased BDNF. Well, as it turns out, BDNF can be increased by a lot of different polyphenols. BDNF is the protein in your brain that allows new neural connections. Yeah, well, all the depth I've been exposed to made me forget what BDNF actually stood for. <laughs> yeah. And we also believe that one of the reasons why there's a lot of dementia is because we lose our BDNF and Correct. you do not grow new cells. Right. So as it turns out, BDNF decreases. Oh, it appears that it decreases because of reactive oxygen species developing in the brain leading to oxidative stress. So it sounds to me like what uh, DEP is, if I'm connecting the dots here, is going to be a catalyst for oxidative stress. Ah. And so what we're going to need to do is if we can't eliminate DEP from our environment, what can we do to mitigate the oxidative stress, correct? Correct. We're going to get to that. All right. Yeah. You've, you, you've, already, you've already made the leaps. So if you're, if you're still listening and you want to learn how to do that, what Eric just described is exactly what I want to tell you how we're going to do that. Okay. Um, we talked about depression and anxiety. They looked at a study. I mean, I just cannot believe how much data is on this stuff. They looked at a study at pubertal females. They did some mouse models, uh, and then they correlated it with some human studies. As it turns out, the more DEHP depth that you're exposed to, you have more anxiety and depression. Golly, man. what a It's a large manifest of a bunch of different things. And I don't know that you can escape uh, flexible plastics. We, we just You just said if PVC were flexible then maybe it would have it. I actually was reminded uh, as I thought about that in our last home, when we um, 
when they ran the cold and hot when we built the home, um, they ran uh, flexible tubing on a, off of a big spool, blue for cold and red for hot, because they don't run uh, pipe through foundations the same way anymore. Certainly oh. not down here in Texas. Oh, because it shifts. Yeah, it can shift. It can bust. Yeah. So many times they'd run it uh, overhead through, you know, the whatever they call it, the attic or whatever. But um, essentially, that's flexible plastic. And if you're drinking water from home, it's going to, I mean, I would imagine it's leaching in there, correct? That's how, yeah. that's how it's happening. Well, once again, the CDC looked at people, and almost everybody has the metabolites in their urine. Yeah. It is, a, and it's not, it's worldwide. Right. Um, all right. So we'll finish up with, I mean, clearly it's already scary, right? So, yeah, definitely. Um, there's also the article goes on to molecular reasons why, how it messes with the liver and it messes with the heart. And oh, it's linked to autism. Yeah. The autism, and they just kind of briefly talked about it in this article. And uh, fortunately, um, our graduate student, knew that I would be more interested, so she sent me a follow-up article Uh-oh. recently uh, published even, I mean, these, these things are all being published like a week ago. Like, we get them in like pre-transcript. She's amazing. And um, so she sent me another article that actually talked about this specific thing, but now it's right in our wheelhouse, right in our wheelhouse. So don't be scared because now we know that we have this ubiquitous plasticizer that clearly is very toxic. Right. We know it's toxic. We know it's there. And it's used in healthcare all over the place. Everywhere. So right now, there is a movement currently going to try and get rid of this. We know that it's bad. Um, So over the past 10 years, people have been trying to do this. But since it's everywhere, it's going to take some time to get out of there. And it's sad because, as you know, uh, sometimes medicine is not the fastest to change for some of this stuff because of (laughs) contracts and blah, 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 blah. So we're always trying to find. So right now, there is this movement uh, to try and use PVC-free alternative polymers like polyethylene. Okay. So there's hope. We're moving away from it. Um, so when you said, well, what, what can we do? But while we're here, I'm going to try and help you out with this. So I wanted to dig deeper in this because we know that autism is such a hot topic. Right. And if you're a parent with a child with the autism spectrum disorder, ASD, then you'll do anything to try and to, to try and help it's out. your kid. Happens to be a passion of mine, or, or at least a passion in the sense that my aha moments of seeing some of my autistic patients um, improve mentally when we, when, when we fix their gut. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it. And so I'm very passionate about this. Um, here's what's really neat. This article, I mean, I just, it's almost like some of these, it's, it's like I want to go and hug some of these scientists. So the whole article goes into how DEHP, mm-hmm predisposes and leads to autism spectrum disorder related to drum roll the microbiome microbiome yeah nice so we've we've these articles hit on everything that i love to talk about so heal or protect yourself from the damage of dehp by taking care of your gut so this is so cool so studies have shown that exposure in uterus in utero to toxic chemicals can lead to dysbiosis in the fetus. Dysbiosis, by definition, is basically a change in the microbiome, but not for the better. Right. So you can have too much of one thing, not enough of another. You don't have enough diversity. Dysbiosis, by definition, just means it's not right. Your microbiome. Your microbiome is super important. In fact, a recent study showed that children with autism spectrum disorder had higher concentrations of DEHP, DEP, but more importantly, they also looked at fecal samples of these kids with autism, and they had higher levels of a metabolite called P. Cressel. P. 
Cresson. This is how dialed in we're getting into this now. Wow. Now we're talking about something that they looked at these autistic kids and they said, you have more of this plasticizer in your body. In addition to that, we're going to look at your microbial content. You've got dysbiosis and you've got this one metabolite called P. Cresol. So as it turns out, when you have this dysbiosis, the bacterial composition can either be harmful or beneficial. So these scientists showed that the link between bacterial metabolites and neurodevelopmental disorders are taking place. So they actually then used that knowledge, took it to mice, gave them DEHP, and then analyzed their microbiome. So the whole shift went from, oh, it does all this end organ damage. So I just told you that if you gavage yourself, you're going to end up with testicular atrophy. I just sure. told you that you're going to have endocrine disruption. You're going to end up with um, liver problems, heart problems. Now these guys are looking at it going, well, wait a minute. We're exposed to this all the time. Why do some people get it? Why do some people don't? Yeah, they're controlling their inflammatory. They're controlling their inflammatory process. Yeah. Super cool. And so what they did is um, the most important thing when they looked at these mice is that the older mice with a more diverse microbiome were completely protected from the effects of DEHP. Interesting. The most important factor was that. And they showed that there's been studies in autism spectrum disorder where an overabundance of a clostridium species was linked to autism. So possibly by not having the age protection where you developed a diverse microbiome your entire life and not having a full microbial diversity to do the postbiotic metabolism right. of these environmental toxins, that may be why when we expose children to certain things, that could turn on the epigenetic phenomenon, or more importantly, these bacteria are now producing this P. Cresol, which then um, shows that they're being exposed to DEHP, which could lead to autism spectrum disorder. Wow. It's the first time I've come across an article like that where I'm like, holy cow, how in the world did I just read this article on plasticizers? And she found this incredible article linking the microbiome to this. I mean, I, I, I mean, this is, I mean I, it's really hard to not geek out on this. Um, we know that the bacteria, your microbiome actually does an m- incredible job of breaking down toxic metabolites of all kinds of things, including DEHP. Now, we, we call these toxic metabolites and we call these different things xenobiotics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's spelled with an X. X. Xenobiotics are molecules that get through your body and then your own microbial background, your microbiome breaks them down. And if you have an appropriate microbiome, then you can, your body can be exposed to some stuff right. and handle it. Right. But when we start exposing kids in utero, you're stacking the deck against them right off the bat. Yeah. That's what's super scary. So one of the things is, is that you can show a dose dependent process where they even took these mice that were, that were impervious to some of the effects of it. Mm-hmm. But at some point, the bacteria got overwhelmed. And then the DEHP caused dysbiosis. And then they got sick. So once you took enough of it in, uh-huh. then you couldn't keep up with it. Okay. It's really, I mean, it's, it's, it's dose dependent. So you can't just say, oh, I'm going to let my microbiome do everything. You still have to realize that at some point you can overwhelm it. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. So taken together, DEHP can be neutralized in a mature, diverse microbiome. 
So if P. Cressall is produced, this has been linked to autism, and they showed an overabundance of a particular clostridium. We'll actually convert, and they even went so far as to show we've determined that the amino acid tyrosine will be converted by, by P. Cressall by this clostridium species. Whoa, thick stuff. I'm sorry I threw all this at you, but I just got super geeked out when I was reading it, and I just found it fascinating. So just to summarize, flexible plastic, like that straw that I tried to kill you with, (laughs) has a compound in it called DEHP. It does. DEHP gets converted to DNOP. 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 And that hurts you. And what we do know is that most of the end organ damage happens because of oxidative stress. Wow. But you can control that. We can control that. Yeah. How would you control it? Well, you uh, you hit on a few things. You want to make certain that your microbiome is, is certainly well diversified. One. And you could do that with a reasonable diet. You can do that with uh, making certain that you have good exercise. You could also do that by giving your body the appropriate level of, of polyphenols that it would need oh. to help make that happen. Just so happens, Autron Teal, I think, would be a great proanthocyanidin polyphenol to uh, to assist in that. Uh, you also want to be able to handle the stress load. So handling the stress load, the oxidative stress, um, allowing your body to not be overstimulated from stress would be something that you could do to uh, to do that. So polyphenols, by some level, uh, handle that directly, but not having your body overstressed would be something that you would want a healthy endocannabinoid system. And uh, that way you could handle stress and uh, oxidative stress wouldn't play into more of a cascading effect that turns into an inflammatory process for your organs and your tissues. So starting with those three things, diet, polyphenol intake, exercise, and, and actually for CBD, I think would be a good start. Yeah. Um, you're exactly right. So while we're on it, one of the things I'm super proud of is that. Oh, look at that. Oh, we have the KBMD health subscription box. We do. Let's unbox it. This is this month's box. Just arrived. Sarah Jean sent this to me. Um, I actually subscribed my own box. And now you're going to figure out why. I'm going to let you just pick the ingredients out here. This is the box itself. Your your health has arrived. We'll start out with our main products here. So basically the box comes like this. Um, My kids were making fun of me because... I, the, the writing is too small, according to them, and I need to make bullet points, but I really want to get my point across. As oh, yeah, there's a lot of words on there. There's a lot of words, but basically I explain why we have each item in this box. So I'll let you hand me an item. There you go. First one. First one. So every single month, um, uh, so what happens is this particular box is um, well over $270, and you or almost $300, I think, in this particular box. And you end up getting it for 147 So we're able to get, oh my gosh, speaking of real quick, there's that uh, 23-year-old young woman that got a liver transplant from taking a supplement here in Dallas. Yeah, well, they're trying to attribute it to that They're trying supplement. to attribute it to a supplement, but the bottom line is if she got it off of Amazon, you don't even know if it's actually coming from the actual supplier. If yeah, Anybody can do that. So um, so basically, the first ingredient here, Atron Teal, my baby, we know that it's good for gut health, but the polyphenols in it have actually, multiple articles have shown about how it decreases reactive oxygen species leading to Um, improved oxidative stress. And we just got done talking about that. Here's the beauty of it. When you pair this with Megaspore Biotic, I love Megaspore because that's the one probiotic which has been shown to be able to reach the colon. 
Well, as it turns out, the megaspore feeds on the polyphenols, and they send signals out to increase the diversity. If you want to learn more about that, we had Kieran Krishnan. Krishnan? Uh, Krishnan, yeah. Krishnan on the show where he got into geeky detail about that, and that's fascinating. So we're going to increase the microbial diversity. We've got some polyphenol intake. Those two go together. Um, I'm a huge fan. We just got done talking about tea, right? Well, we're going to put some peak tea in this month. And the reason why peak tea is awesome is it can be hot or cold. But here, they actually show on the back, I love this, they show the caffeine, polyphenol, and then any other ingredients. So in this case, this one is jasmine, where um, they've got some L-theanine in there because of the jasmine tea. So the polyphenol content in here. So once again, this is synergistic polyphenol from the tea, polyphenol from Atrantil. And I love this omica turmeric and ginger. So turmeric has been shown to decrease the inflammatory process in almost all diseases. Correct. What I love about this is the amla and the ginger that are in it. The amla works as a prebiotic to feed the microbiome so that now your megasporebiotic can proliferate. The prebiotic has been shown to help with insulin resistance. Ultimately, D3... Um, I told you I just got my blood checked and I'm low on D, vitamin D. That just, that just tells me it's crazy. I'm out in the sun. Yes. I eat a good diet. You should How be in the world am I down? Well, one of the reasons why is, look, we're always inside. We're never being exposed Correct. to ourselves. So uh, most, all, I would say almost all my patients, when I check their, their vitamin D levels, they're low. So vitamin D has been shown to mitigate the inflammatory process. It's been really good in, this, in the field of IBD. I'll come back to this. What else do we got? Uh, let's see here. Cod oil. Ah, the Jigsaw Alaskan cod liver oil. So cod liver has um, high levels of omega-3 and DHA. Uh, we now know that um, a recent study just came out as a gastroenterologist that showed that high levels of omega-3 intake actually improve um, the chances of polyps developing into cancer. They looked at cancer markers. So from a gastrointestinal health, that's one of the reasons why, we, why I want to encourage that I like it because the omega-3s have been shown to be beneficial in a lot of different reasons. Um, most, it always came back with cardiology, but now we're seeing that it's beneficial in the brain. Speaking of the brain, my Zen blend. Yes, mushrooms. Mushrooms. So this has a series of mushrooms, and we're going we're gonna to end up having some more mushroom experts on. Um, the mushrooms uh, here, actually, if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast where he had, what's his name on? Oh, uh, oh my goodness! Uh, the mycologist. The mycologist, oh, my super smart dude. Uh, Star Star Wars? No, not Star Wars. We'll find it. Yeah, I've forgotten. But um, he gets Stamets. into these. Paul Stamets. Paul Stamets. That's right. He was talking about why you want to take certain mushrooms that increase BDNF. Yes, they do. BDNF. So these actually increase BDNF, which means that you have neurocognitive healing. I take my Zen blend when I go to bed at night because it calms me down and I realize that those are micronutrients that are there. And then, of course, we have the KBMD Health CBD. If you uh, become a member of the box, you get significant discounts on the KBMD Health CBD. Go to kbmdhealth.com. And you can find the box and CBD. Yeah. So the reason why I say this last thing, um, what I love about MemberBox, the company that we've teamed up with, with Steven Azell and Sarah Jean and Danny and everybody. So Sarah Jean um, said, I really want you to consider putting in some raw coconut oil. I'm like, well, it, you know, I'm not much of a chef. or I'm, I, mean, I like to cook, but that's not really our brand. I mean, my brand is really 
I, as you can see, I'm going to increase your microbiome diversity. I'm going to decrease your inflammatory process. I'm going to protect you from the evils of flexible plastics. She said, well, we got contacted by this company called Dignity Raw Coconut Oil. Okay. And I went into their story and I was like, count me in. First of all, you cook a lot with coconut oil, right? We do. Yeah. So this is a raw coconut oil. Um, it's uh, their bottling source, the way they get it. They don't damage it at all. It's like cold pressed. I don't understand all the issues about it. This is, this is what sold me. This is so cool. The guys that started this company, mm -hmm. they purposely built the plant in one of the poorest Filipino communities. Nice. And what they did is, and they, they realized that they could probably make more money doing it other ways. They hire local people. Yeah. And their main thing is, is they donate to their vision is that if they can give work to the local people, that it will stop the sex slave trade. They still donate money. It's awesome. But they put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. They built a manufacturing plant in the poorest part in some re remote rural Filipino village and they're giving people jobs. It's very Robo Hendrickson of them. Very. Yes. Non-toxic charity mobilization of liberation for the people that are working there. That's awesome. Robo Hendrickson is uh, one of our guests that came on and he was talking about uh, a non-toxic charity where basically you can't just throw money at something because it, it can be more toxic to the people you're trying to help. Absolutely. He, so they came up with the full bucket health situation. This sounds very similar. Full bucket health. So these guys shout out to Dignity Raw Coconut Oil Company. And, Fantastic. you know, thank you for member box for finding people like this, because I initially was like, I don't know about that. Then I read their story and I was like, yeah, absolutely. They're making a difference, not just in your so health. So when you sign up for the KBMD health box, you end up helping communities like this. That's awesome. And you can go on their marketplace at MemberBox, and you can add it to your box, or you can, um, you, you know, do this. I think that's so cool. So it's, um, I'm very, very proud. And the reason why I wanted to show this one last, uh, coconut oil has been shown to help with the microbiome. Coconut oil has medium chain triglycerides, which go up to your brain, and your brain can use it directly as fuel. So there's a lot of beneficial reasons to do this. Mainly, yeah, yeah, I do want to help people, and I don't want the sex slave trafficking to go on. And if it's creating jobs and doing that, right on. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? It's fantastic. Man, what a... Uh, There's a lot. What a show today. I'm sorry. You know what? I, and it's I always have all this stuff that I want to talk about. We're going to get back to having some cool guests on. I think next week we got uh, something oh, really cool. We do. Yes. If you like to eat food, but you want to eat healthy or without uh, uh, triggering something, next week's going to be a treat, uh, especially if you're in the North Texas area, but uh, really for anybody. Yeah. So next week's show is going to be really cool. We're going to change it up. I have a couple wonderful guests on that are going to talk about, uh, well, how to how to cook without uh, without any of the things that may be triggering, like gluten and uh, nut allergies, different things like that. They these two women have got it down. It's a mother and daughter. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. And you can look them up if you want to before they get here. Unrefined Bakery. They don't grind up any flexible plastics and put it in their food, do they? Not on most. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't believe they do. So, so they have the uh, uh, testicular hypertrophy muffin case. <laughs> to control your man. <laughs> have him have some of this muffin. <laughs> now, I don't think that's what they do. In fact, no. I think that's a, that's not at all what they do. But they do make some incredible desserts, foods, breads, etc., for people who don't traditionally get an opportunity to eat foods and breads and, and uh, foods. 
but uh, muffins yeah. and, and treats and snacks. It's really cool. So I want to encourage everyone, please. We, we have a um, we have a great time finding a lot of literature. I get feedback all the time from. Uh, we're getting some feedback from some really like remote places now. It's really cool. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get a Filipino following now that we've got. I want to find some people that are actually working in that working in that manufacturing plant. Um, but please share, um, tell you, you can look at us on all the typical platforms. Yes, you can. But I will encourage everyone now that we have the new website up, you can go to kbmdhealth.com or to get directly to the page that features the, uh, the podcast, like, and share us from gutcheckproject.com. It will take you directly to the show, all of our shows. You can, you'll see, see all episodes underneath the picture of, uh, of Ken and I, and, under each episode, I'm trying to make certain that uh, that they add show notes and links to everything that, are, that we're talked about that, that's pertinent. So from today's show, for instance, we'll feature the box, probably feature something specific about uh, Dignity Coconut Oil, as well as how to protect yourself from inflammatory processes from DEP, um, Autron Teal links, etc. You'll be able to go straight to the show notes and find things from our guests, how to find, connect. So gutcheckproject.com like and share like and share like and share and uh wow that was uh what um can you can you give a quick summary of this podcast we covered a lot i feel like i did all i did way too much talking i'm sick of hearing myself a quick summary of this podcast um let's see here so smoking marijuana cigarettes may actually increase 2ag um the weather in North Texas changes pretty quickly. <laughs> the next thing is is uh, flexible plastics may be causing you inflammatory processes, especially if you're a kid. So the best thing that you can do for yourself, since they're everywhere, is make certain that your body is armed with the appropriate foods, exercise, and polyphenols to protect yourself from the inflammatory processes from going out of control. Otherwise, you could get really sick. And outside of that, if you don't like hard decisions on trying to find products that will uh, supplement your diet to keep you healthy. KB third party Box. tested. Yes. Third party tested, vetted. We've got the science behind it. That's what's really cool. Yeah. If, if you wish that you had a doctor walking with you to help you pick out supplements and that didn't waste your money and that actually worked and that were from reputable sources, kbmdbox.com. kbmdbox.com. You can also find the link at kbmdhealth.com and you'll see the iconic box down at the bottom right that's awesome and we always want to thank our live in studio audience so everybody thank you for coming if you want to know why there's a lot of a rumble and why <laughs> why brown just sounded like he was far away from the microphone all he did was manipulate his microphone so he could pick up his computer speaker for his audience I've been wanting to do that for so long <laughs> press that button <laughs> Albeit funny, it's the worst reason ever to do that. <laughs> do you like how I wave to the studio audience? I do. There's no one here. Oh my gosh, we forgot to say this, but Paul, make sure that you put this in in the show notes in the beginning. Remember, I am a real doctor. Eric is a real CRNA. We yeah. do do real medicine, but this show is not intended to diagnose or treat. Please, if you have any issues like rectal bleeding, go to our website, kbmdhealth.com, download the ebook, learn about it, but make sure that you talk to your doctor about it. And also, if you have that weird rash, well, this is not what the show's about. Get it this checked show, out. Yeah, this show's for education and fun. 
And sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's educational. Sometimes it's just me rambling, which is what this one was. Yeah. We just want to bring attention to things that you can investigate for yourself, but uh, not meant to treat or diagnose. Certainly go and seek out professional help if you have an ailment. So that's episode 28. Episode 28 in the books. Thank you so much. And once again, please hit us up. Tell us what you want to hear about. We will find the experts on it. Yes. And tune in next week because we have a great show next week with some people who actually know a lot about what it is that they do. Right on. Right on. Episode 28. Thank you. Gut Check Project. Like and share. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.